0: Good afternoon, it's great to see you. Uh, My name's Jonty, and I'm one of the leaders here. It's great to welcome you. And um, we are a church that thinks it's good news that Jesus saves people. We are a church who thinks that Jesus is worth singing about and worth celebrating. And we're a church who think that God's word is precious and powerful. So I'd love you to get hold of a Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 4. And we've sung of Jesus, our King who saves... And now we're going to read his word together. So it's on page 6, it's the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4. And last week we watched a pretty disturbing story of how Cain killed his brother Abel. And we're going to pick up the story in verse 17. So this is Genesis chapter 4, verse 17. Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant, and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Erad, and Irad was the father of Mahujael, and Mahujael was the father of Methusael, and Methusael was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, one named Adar, and the other Zillah. Adar gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who played stringed instruments and pipes. Zillah also had a son, Tubal-Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal-Cain's sister was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Adar and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, I don't know if this is how he sounded, but I imagine... Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. Adam made love to his wife again and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son and he named him Enosh. At that time people began to call on the name of the Lord. Let's ask for God's help. Let's uh, ask that he would speak. Father, we ask that you'd help us. Um, Lord, sometimes we find our minds are a bit dull and our hearts are a bit hard. And so this afternoon, we ask that by the power of your Spirit, you would illumine our minds and soften our hearts so that we might see more of Christ. Lord, we would love to see Jesus this afternoon. Help us, we pray. Amen. I don't know if you are beginning to feel Christmassy. I know this is a divisive question, dangerous question to ask. But you may have missed it, but our passage today is actually quite a Christmassy one. And it leads, it's going to lead us quite nicely. We're going to leave Genesis at this point. I don't know if you noticed, it's actually quite Christmassy. You may have not spotted it, but it's there in verse 25. Adam made love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son. And without wanting to spoil the punchline of this sermon, I'm going to spoil it. The hope of the world rests on the birth of that child. I want you to see this afternoon what a staggeringly good news it is that Eve had a son and named him Seth. I want us to see this afternoon the hope of the world hangs on that baby. But we're going to get there. So hang on to that thought because we're going to rewind back and we're going to work our way through this passage and we're going to try and understand what on earth this passage has got to do with us and why we should be even vaguely interested in it. And I want to start with the... um, By taking you to a city. Uh, This is a city that was around long, long before London or New York. A city long before Rome or Pompeii. A city way, 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 way back. In fact, I want to take you to the first city that ever existed. We read of it in verse 17. Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. You see, the first thing we're going to see this afternoon is the city man built. Cain built a city, and he named it Enoch. (laughs) Odd name for a city, but there we go. And from this city, as we look at this city, we are going to learn a huge amount about every city that has followed. So whether you live in London or one of the other greatest cities in the world, I don't know which is your favourite city, I don't know where your particular city is that you love, but I guarantee that all of the cities that exist today can trace their roots back to this city that came built. So as we look at this city, I want you to have in your mind London, our city, the city that many of us love, the city that many of us wander the streets, we enjoy, we play, we work. This is our city. I want us to understand London better as we look at the city that that, that man built. But I've got to be honest with you, the city that man built in Genesis 4 is a little bit of a disturbing city. If you followed the story at all up until this point, you should be slightly bothered about the fact that Cain is busy building a city. Right, let me just fill in some of the details, okay? We've noticed uh, through the narrative of Genesis, which we've been going through since uh, September, we've noticed through the narrative that two lines are developing. Two family lines. There is the line of the snake. The snake who represents the enemies of God. We met him in chapter 3. He lied to the first man and the woman and he led them into sin. The enemy of God, that's the first line. And from the enemy of God, there will be offspring. Many who follow in the footsteps of the enemy. Who set themselves up against God. That's the first line. But then there's the line of the woman. And there are many who follow in in that family line. And God said that from that family line would come someone who would crush team snake. Team woman would defeat team snake. A descendant of the woman would crush the offspring of the snake. That's what we're expecting. Suddenly, in Genesis chapter 4, two boys are born. Cain and Abel. And as you watch these two boys, you go, well, probably one belongs to one team and one belongs to the other. That would seem to make sense and that's exactly what happens. You discover that Cain belongs to the line of the snake. Sin is crouching at his door. It's like the snake, it's like it's crouching, wanting to control Cain. That was what we saw last week back in verse 6 and 7. God said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So you say, okay, here's Cain, who God's warning him, but he doesn't listen. And Cain sets himself up as an enemy. So you've got the enemy of God, and then you've got Abel, who does do what is right, offers a gift by faith, who is right before God. So who's going to win? Who's going to crush who? It's obvious, isn't it? We know that the seed of the woman has to crush the seed of the serpent. So we're expecting Abel to crush Cain. That's not what happens. Cain kills Abel. The seed of the snake crushes the seed of the woman. Does that not trouble you? It should do. evil triumphs over good and what then happens next is that Cain isn't then destroyed in fact the line of the snake just goes on he has kids and they have kids and suddenly you discover that the line of the snake is the one that's advancing and building cities and looking impressive and this one's finished it's all over This is deeply troubling. And it makes us wonder, why doesn't God just come to Cain, the enemy, and wipe him out? Why doesn't God do that? Well, if you just use your brain, it's easy to work out why he doesn't. Because God said it had to be a seed of the woman who was going to crush the seed of the snake. And there is no seed of the woman, so the seed of the snake continues until there comes a seed of the woman who can crush the seed of the snake. following? (laughs) And so the seed of the snake continues. Team snake, the enemies of God continue. But God says, you will be driven away. You will be punished. And God is gracious to Cain. Even puts a mark on him to protect him. Says, if anyone kills you, Cain, I will avenge them seven times. But here's the key. Cain is driven away from God's presence. This is the first big thing I want you to know about the city that man built. The city that man built is away from God's presence. It's away from God's face. It's a city without God. That is the fundamental reality of every city that men built. Every city that humanity seeks to build. So we see that in verse 16. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. He's driven away. And you know what? It's the last time Cain ever sees God's face again. It's the last time he ever hears God's voice again. Cain is away from God. And so he starts to build this city, but its fundamental problem is that it's away, out of God's presence. So he builds his city And he seeks to establish uh, security for himself, he tries to establish a place for his family to live, and his family begins to grow, and perhaps they're beginning to feel a bit secure, and this is the second big thing I want you to know about the city that man built. Not only is it away from God's presence, it has a massive false sense of security. Because as the city begins to grow, and the population starts to grow, it's funny how size makes you feel secure, isn't it? We're a big city. I mean, it must be important. We argue about who's bigger. And there was a map this week, I don't know if anyone saw this, it was going around Facebook, of all the other UK cities mapped onto London. In fact, I I should have put it up, then you could all have seen it. And every other UK city kind of fits into different boroughs of London. And all the other major cities of London, uh, of the UK are there. And London just kind of sits there superiorly going, come on then, you're so small. We love how big we are. We love how big London is because it makes us feel secure. And the the city that Cain built has this false sense of security. We're going to watch this as we go through. And it becomes a place where the numbers start to grow and then you get to this his descendant Lamech. So we're now seven generations down. The city stood firm for seven generations. It seems to have a bit of history to it now. They can have... You know, Independence Day and Founders Day and Thanksgiving and all the things that lovely big cities like to do. And then you get to Lamech. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to those who were American for last week. Lamech. Suddenly we get to Lamech who married two women. We'll get to that in a second. But one was named Ada and the other Zilla. Now look what happens. Ada gives birth to Jabel, And suddenly we start being told he's a farmer. And then you get... His brother's name is Jubal. He was the father of all who played stringed instruments and pipes. So now we've got musicians. And then you get Zilla, um, has a son, Jubal Cain. He makes all kinds of technology out of bronze and iron. So now you got you got farming, you've got music, you have got technology. This city is advancing, right? This is the place to be. On earth, you want to be an Enoch. Where do you live? Enoch. It's the greatest city on earth. It's the only city on earth, I know. But we're still the greatest. We've got a massive population. It's at least twelve of us. It's like huge. It's like all of the people of the world. So you've got this city and it's advancing and it's growing. And there's and it's fascinating how music starts to develop. And my guess is the more these things advance and as culture starts to be shaped, you know what? People begin to feel more and more secure. Isn't it interesting how music features so prominently in our culture? Because as we sing, we feel secure. As we sing our anthems, the national anthem, as people sing their national anthem, they feel secure. As we, you know... Songs like Rule Britannia. Britannia rules the waves," She will never be slaves. I should learn the words. There's the security that comes as we learn to sing. Music, it all feeds in. The arts and everything that begins to make us feel special, begins to make us feel secure. Technologies, we make advancements. Hey look, we've got a wheel. Now we can drive places. Look, we're so awesome. And now we've invented this and the internet and we're going to solve all the problems of the world because now we've got technology. We've got tools and we've got stuff to dig holes in the ground. This is awesome. We're awesome. We're fantastic. What a city we are. But I want you to know this. Despite all of the advancement, it has not solved the fundamental problem, they're away from God's presence. And it doesn't matter how much music you create and how many tools you create or how many animals you farm, you remain away from God's presence. There is a deep tragedy in the city built by man. And yet, do you know what? We fall into this trap all the time. We fall into the trap of thinking that we're secure, that London is secure, that our cities are secure. No, we're a city that's away from God. It's away from God's presence. There's a false sense of security and it's a city where anything goes. So Lamech, did you notice verse 19, he marries two women. God said one. One. God set up marriage in the beginning. He said, one man, one woman for life. That is marriage. Lamech says, I'll have two. He takes two women. He rewrites the rules. He redefines marriage. He decides what he wants. He says, now I'll do what I think is best. That's what happens in the city that man built. And then it just becomes worse and worse. And do you notice that Lamech is worse than Cain? So in his city, he starts to boast, verse 23. He calls his, Adar and Zilla, listen to me. I mean, what a, can you imagine meeting this man? Oh, listen to me, wives of Lamech, hear my words. <laughs> He's gone to east end. <laughs> I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech's seventy-seven. Do you see how he's, he's boasting now about his wickedness? He's boasting about his violence. This now becomes a city where anything goes, where vengeance and violence become the key, where power becomes the key weapon. You've got to be strong. Have you been watching Dynasties? Anyone been watching Dynasties? The, the new David Attenborough? It's terrific. Um, but I'm glad I'm not a chimpanzee. I mean, for a number of reasons, but seriously it would be stressful to be a male chimpanzee, to spend your whole life basically going I've got to get to the top, I've got to get to the top and there was that guy David (laughs) David, it's like such a weird name isn't it I mean it's not a weird name if you're here and you're David obviously, (laughs) it's terrific it's a great name, but if you're a chimpanzee it feels like a weird name, but anyway so you've got David the chimpanzee who's going around and he's I think he's very like Lamech he's got to show his power He's got to show that he's strong. He can't show that he's weak. So he's, wound, he's got like a gaping wound in his side. It's really sad. And all the younger ones are kind of getting around, trying to pull him down. But David gets his women together and says, oh, I killed a young chimp for injuring me. <laughs> Perhaps he did. But this is what it's like. It becomes this... Sp- Place of violence, a place where you take matters into your own hands. He says, if Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech, seventy seven times. Let me ask you this question Who did the avenging of Cain? Who avenged Cain seven times? God said, God said, back in verse 15, anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. God says, I will punish. Lamech says, no, I will. And I'll do it seven times more than you. God, you're a wuss. Seven times, that's rubbish. Real men do 77. What a tragedy. And here is the city that man built. It's a city away from God's presence. A city full of false security. A city where anything goes, where violence rules. And what you discover through the Bible is that this first city is repeated over and over again. You get to Babel in chapter 11. They build a city. They build a city. They build a city. God's, um, humanity loves to build cities. Just flick over your Bibles because it's um, helpful to see. Go to Daniel chapter 4 for a second. Um, Daniel chapter 4. It's on page 889. Page 889. I just want to show you again I, I, that this is a repeated thing that weaves its way through the Bible. We're now in a place called Babylon, okay, the great city of Babylon. And look what the king of Babylon says in verse 28. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. He said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? That's the city that man built. A city that is built for my honor, my fame. Where I will use music and technology to make a name for myself. Where I will exert my power and my strength. That's the city that man built. And I want to say to us to wake up and see this. Not to pin our hopes on this city in which we live. London is not the hope of the world. In fact, London is a city built by men and women, built by power. It is a city that has a hugely false sense of security. It is a city where if you pin your hope, you are pinning your hope on a city that is against and away from God's presence. So that idea of pinning your hope, where you're going to pin it, is hugely important for us to think through. Do you ever play pin the tail on the donkey at a, a party? That is a ridiculous game, isn't it? I mean, perhaps you loved that. Perhaps it was your favourite. I'm sorry if it was. It is a strange game, isn't it? You know, you take your tail, I mean, not your tail, you're given a tail, and you, you know, you've just got to stab the donkey with that. But here's my question. When it comes to you taking the pin of your, all your hope, the life that you're building, what are you pinning it on? Are you pinning your hope on the city built by men? Are you pinning your hope on a human city? Are you working at your job in order to make a name for yourself? Are you working at your job in order that you should become powerful? How do you treat the weak? What do you do with the weak? Do you boast? Are we full of ourselves? And perhaps music, perhaps we love music. And music gives us a sense of security. We find ourselves lost in a world of music and arts and culture. Beware of that. Those things drag us away, can drag us away from the God who made us. We're coming back to it. If you love music, don't panic, because I want to turn now, and we're going to get Christmasy. Verse twenty-five. Against that backdrop of the city that m- built by man, Adam made love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son, and named him Seth, saying, "Very significant. Look at this. God has planted, it granted me another child." In the place of Abel. Since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son. He named him Enosh. And so now do you see? Suddenly the the offspring of the woman has reappeared. This is good news. There is hope in a city that man built. Which is becoming worse and worse. In a city which is heading downhill. Away from God's presence. Into that world. Ah, a child is born. A son is given baby is granted in the place of Abel and from that baby God will build a city and that's the second big thing I want us to see the city that God built the city that God built you see as humanity builds its city what we discover in the Bible is that God is busy building his city God is building another city. The Bible really is the tale of two cities, and it starts here with Seth. It starts with in such weakness, with a little baby boy, but he's the hope of the world. And from Seth, we're going to follow in the coming weeks a line that makes its way through the Bible. From Seth, we're going to see God bringing a great people into being. And he's going to create a city, God's city. And if you turn to Psalm 46, I'm sorry to jump around, but we just need to see these things. Turn to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I want you to hear this psalm and see this as the great promise of God of what God is doing in our world. God is our refuge and strength. This is page 570. God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Remember the city man built? The city that's away from God's presence. The city that God built is the city where God dwells. It's the place in God's presence. It's the place that's under God's smile. This is the city that God is building. And God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. This is not a city of false security. This is a city of real security. A city where God says, I will keep you safe. God's presence in the midst of his city. God within her. She will not fall. There's something so Beautiful in the contrast of the city that man built and the city that God built. But what about Lamech? What do we do with Lamech? You see, Lamech was sort of the king of the kingdom here. But many, many years later, many thousands of years later, tracing through the Bible's come to the dark streets of Bethlehem and a child is born. And this baby is nothing like Lamech. In fact, this baby grew up to be King Jesus. And when King Jesus was older, he took the mickey out of Lamech. He mimicked Lamech. He mocked Lamech. Because Jesus was once asked, How many times must I forgive my brother? And his answer was, 77 times. Lamech says, I'm avenged 77 times. Jesus comes and says, Yes, well, I'm the king who forgives 77 times. The city of God is not a city of vengeance. And not a city of power. It is a city of forgiveness. And a city of mercy. And this king goes to a cross to die. And in his death he buys forgiveness. He doesn't say, I have killed a young man for injuring me. He says, I've died to save those who've injured me. When you look at Lamech, it should make you cry out for Jesus. The absolute opposite of Lamech. And so in the city that God built, Jesus reigns. He's so much better than Lamech. And this is the city that lasts forever. This is the city where God dwells. This is the city that lasts and back in Genesis 4, did you notice the last verse? What should be our response to all this? How should we treat this? And what should we do? Well, when that baby was born, what did the people do? What was their response? Everyone called on the name of the Lord. They stopped living away from him. They stopped building a city for their own glory. They stopped trying to live for themselves and instead they started to call on the name of the Lord. God have mercy. God save us. God come live with us. God help us. Please help us. Call on the name of the Lord. And in the birth of Jesus, that's what we can now do. We're now people who can call out To God. We can call on his name. We can say, please save us. It's the choice that sits before all of us. It's a simple choice. Throughout this series, we've been saying that Genesis presents us with a choice. Choose life, life or death. Choose blessing or curse. Choose the city of God or the city of man. That's the choice. And as God's people first read this, are about to go into the promised land, about to be confronted by huge cities, God was saying, do not choose the city of man. Do not choose impressive buildings and big cities and power. Choose Jesus. Choose a city of mercy and forgiveness. Choose a city that lasts forever. So, in our, just as we um, land this, I'd love for you to turn to one final price, place, just to Hebrews 11. We were here last week. Um, I want to show you that the um, interesting thing is that Abel, who we thought was dead, is actually in the city of God. So, you get that in verse, so Hebrews 11, page 1209. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. Okay, so by faith, uh, when God spoke one of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. So, there he is, Abel, by faith, he trusts God. Now, look, jump down um, to verse 14. Uh, let's go from verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. That's Abel. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things, so they're looking for a co- that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, here it is. They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God has built a city. And that is the city that God invites you to be part of. How do you become part of this city? You call on the name of the Lord. That is, you have faith. That is the choice set out before us. Now, in the city of God, music and technology become tools that are joyful and used for his glory. Used not to make a name for ourselves now, but used for him. In the city of man, it's all about using it for me. In the city of God, it's all about using it for him. So this afternoon, which city are you living for? Which city are you pinning your hope on? Pin your hope here. That might mean that you don't have as much as other people in this world. That might mean that you choose not to indulge in the sin that you might like to because you say, but this is not my home. I'm living for that city. It might mean that you go without stuff. It might mean that you say no to things as you look forward to the city God has promised. We're going to pray together. And as we bow our heads, I'd love to ask you to this simple question, which city are you living for? And perhaps as you look at your heart, you say, sometimes I feel really pulled to the city of man. Confess that to God. Ask him for help. Ask him to help you to change, that you would love the city that God is building through Jesus. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a city-building God. Thank you that you are building a city. Not a earthly, temporary city, but a heavenly, eternal city. A city of peace and joy, a city of righteousness. And we thank you that in the birth of the baby, our hope is to be found. Father, we're sorry for all the times when we are attracted to the city of humanity, the city that humans build. We're sorry for all the times when we pin our hopes on the things of this world, when we experience a false sense of security, where we live for ourselves and go our own way. Father, forgive us and we pray that we would commit everything to the city of God, the city where Jesus is king, the city where Jesus who forgives 77 times. Father, we thank you for our king and we worship him. Amen.